0: Did you know that Alfred Hitchcock's yeah, Psycho you know, is the first crazy. movie to ever you know show a toilet flushing? Uh-huh. And the hands oh, in the Jean. new drawing scene of Titanic wow. are James Cameron's yeah. hands? And uh-huh. then the Shawshank Redemption was originally a box office uh-huh. flop, but it got a cult following yeah. later on, and now everybody knows that this was hit, great film, <laughs> well, but it yeah. wasn't originally. But what do uh, you wonder if who you should have done can that we just, Can we just take a
1: break? Can we just oh,
0: take a Oh, and the cat held just, by Marlon Brando and the uh, opening scene of Godfather? That just a stray that Francis Ford Coppola found on the lot of Paramount. Uh, And it was purring so loud that Brando's dialogue was all muffled and they had to loop uh, loop it over Okay, enough! This is October. This is supposed to be my month. It's my month. You know what? You know what? I've had it. I had it. I don't care what deal I made with them. You're going back to Field. You're doing that podcast again. I'll take you back maybe in November. I can't. I can't anymore. You're going back. Wait, so you mean I get to record the podcast again? Uh... Yeah, I mean, you get to be alive again. I mean, that isn't that isn't that the more important part? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's cool too. Well, all right then. BL's a bud. <laughs> Let's go already. Send me back.
1: <sighs> Fine, Michael Butler. I banish you back to the world of the living. Enjoy your student loans.
0: <laughs> student, oh, wait, hold on. Maybe maybe we can talk about this. Maybe there's another.
1: Ugh. I really fucking hate that guy. Get the trash. Out. You can't. You want? I don't you. go into a garbage can. Go. Oh, it smells Why so can't beso- good. Beso- that beso- that, beso- that beso- big plate of fish guts or whatever looked and reminded me of the big giant plate of potatoes and stuff that Sloth eats in the <laughs> Because I don't want. I don't want those people coming you at me. All your obsessive <laughs> floor questions to <in> public. <laughs> Keep your flour away okay. from the stove. Stop making highly <laughs> combustible. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And we've returned from the graveyard of podcasts to bring you a five episode block of shows as you now enter Forgotten Horror Part 5, A New Beginning. Each episode, we discuss a film that for a variety of reasons was forgotten by audiences. Maybe they were being attacked by a creature or chased down by a headless horseman while walking home from a pub. Or perhaps the movie didn't catch on with the audience in its initial run because they were pod people. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you survived the Silver Shamrock Mask promotion, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Like, share, and subscribe. Our podcast is available on all platforms for your listening displeasure. Ooh. So this is uh this is something new, man. Welcome back! <laughs> <laughs> but also welcome for the first time right so I, for those for, for for loyal listeners of our podcast that was for four years from uh May 2019 to 8 end of April 2022 three three, three. 22 23 three. excuse me 23 we stopped recording in 22 that's why <laughs> uh we you know this is you know this is a return we, we we did a podcast we did one of these forgotten takeovers for the pint for John Amenta, right which they're yes, also right. on YouTube if you want to check them out so we did one of those um, but this is kind of, we wanted to come back and do a, a block of shows for Forgotten Horror. By now you've seen the trailer. By now you've seen all that stuff. You know, we were pretty excited. We're we're pretty nervous right now because this is our first time in months, six, seven months. Seven months. Seven months recording. Do an doing actual this. episode here. This whole- this In whole the s- studio. <laughs> yeah, I know. This whole set was broken down into my office and then I was like, "Yeah, I moved it. And so now I recreated it again with, with all of our fun little stuff here. Um, But uh, also- this is also our first time doing a, a show for YouTube because we just want to see, we've talked about it for a while for all those four years right. about doing this and and now we decided to do it. So how do you feel about that? I feel nervous. I feel like everybody's watching me. I would no Well, no, they're, me. they're completely for the five people you. that are going to watch this video. Everybody right, is judging you. They're, they're right now people watching going, I could do that better. These guys suck. And, and that's fine. I mean, that's true. You know, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, how have you been for seven months? I know we've seen each other, but how have you been? Oh, man. I've
0: been miserable, man. I've been, I, I needed a niche. I keep watching, watching movies and TV and I'm not writing
1: notes and it just feels wrong. Yeah. It just feels wrong. It does. It does. But I mean, it, we got back into the swing of things. I mean, this is, this will be kind of, I think, I think this is, we're going to stumble a lot on our first episode but um but that's okay that's that's what the people want they that'd want be, to see they want be, to see us be being terrible It'll be perfect it be perfect <laughs> <laughs> listen i'm
0: i'm proud you got through the silver shamrock mask promotion. that you know what's that's funny? a tongue twister as i you said this. that i was like Oof. yeah
1: i wrote that opening and i'm like as i'm saying it i was like that's like i don't think i can keep saying this over <laughs> and over again that's ter- survive the silver shamrock oh man you did it the first time don't don't if that changes in the second episode, <laughs> you now know why. Uh, because uh, it's terrible to say. And I don't know why I wrote it like that. Well, no, I got to see it the next episode. You got to keep it in there to see if I it. You should be story. punished. Yeah, yeah exactly. you should be punished for for all that stuff. All right, Mike. Now, Ugh. what movie are we doing? And what is it about? We are doing... You had pl- The 1981,
0: An American Werewolf in London. David and Jack... Two American college students are backpacking through Britain when a large wolf attacks them. Or is it a werewolf? David survives with a bite, but Jack is brutally killed. Very brutally. As David heals in the hospital, he is plagued by violent nightmares of his mutilated friend, who warns David that he is becoming a werewolf. When David discovers the horrible truth, he contemplates committing suicide before the next full moon causes him to transform from man to Mr. Mis- uh, uh-huh. From
1: man to murderous beast, you suck. I got too excited. <laughs> got too into it at the end. So, an American <laughs> Werewolf in London has a runtime of 97 minutes. It's rated R. Production budget is anywhere between 5.8 million and 10 million, depending upon what source you look online. Its release date was Friday, August 21st, 1981, and its opening weekend it did 3.7 million dollars domestic, 30.5 million international, 29.9 million for a worldwide total of 61.9 million dollars. Not bad. Production company was Polygram Pictures and the Goober Peters Company and was distributed by Universal Pictures in the United States, Barber International Films in the UK, and Producer Sales Organization Internationally. Said so it came out on the 21st. I'm going to guarantee you, you know, none of these films. Oh. And what's fun. So we've talked about this before on the podcast is that back in the 80s, everything was limited. So these are all, quote, limited releases. But I think that's based upon what's considered a wide release now. So I don't think that. I ain't going to see none. No, no, no. So on the 21st of August, you had an limited release, Honky Tonk Freeway, and first Monday in October, the week after. The 28th, you had a limited release of Body Heat, Private Lessons, and Gallipoli? I think they said that right. Gallipoli, yeah. Was it about the Battle of Gallipoli? Maybe. I I might have actually heard of this unless they
0: made another Gallipoli. I don't know.
1: I mean, yes. The 14th of August, the week before, you had a limited release of They All Laughed and Deadly Blessing. So, yeah, you don't know anything.
0: I mean, Body Heat body sounded heat, familiar, yeah. but that's a that's a very generic title.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So this film was written and directed by John Landis. He has done a ton of films, obviously. Uh, Animal House, The Blues Brothers, Trading Places, Spies Like Us, Three Amigos. He's also wrote the story for Clue, which is an episode we did. Uh, mm-hmm. he, did he wrote The Blues Brothers, Blues Brothers 2000. He also has written and directed the Michael Jackson's Thriller video, which I'm sure we'll get into in our notes because this movie obviously got him that gig. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cinematographer was Robert Painter, who's done Superman 2 and 3, Little Shop of Horrors, The Muppets Take Manhattan. And it's called The Final Conflict now, but it was called Omen, The Final Conflict. That is the third movie, I believe, or fourth. Third? I will say third, but I'm probably wrong. Yeah. Composer was Elmer Bernstein, who was nominated for an Oscar for The Man with the Golden Arm, The Magnificent Seven. Summer and Smoke, these are all nominations, by the way. To Kill a Mockingbird, Return of the Seven, uh, Gold, True Grit, the original, Trading Places, The Age of Innocence, and Far From Heaven. Those are all damn nominations. and he won one for thoroughly modern Millie. So mm. yeah. Editor was Malcolm Campbell, who's done Coming to America, Wayne's World, Superstar, and Ace Ventura when Nature Calls, produced by George. Falsy Jr., who's produced Three Amigos, Deathlink, and the Blues Brothers, and then executive produced by Peter Goober and John Peters. Uh, Goober has on Interspace, Clue, and Tango and Cash, and Peters is on Man of Steel, Ali, and the 2018 A Star is Born. Not a big cast. David Naughton as David. He was in Midnight Madness, which is an episode we did for Forgotten I thought he looked familiar. Yeah. I love that movie. (laughs) He's also in Hot Dog, the movie. I've not seen that. And the TV show My Sister Sam. Griffin Dunn plays Jack. He was nominated for an Oscar for a short, actually, for Duke of Grove. He also did After Hours. Do you ever see After Hours? No, I know of it, but I've seen it. Johnny Dangerously. Have you ever seen Johnny Dangerously? Yes, a lot. Yeah, okay. yeah. And Dallas Buyers Club. Jenny Agutter, I think I said that name right. It was plays Nurse Alex or Nurse Alex Price. He's in Logan's Run. Child's Play 2 and the TV show Call the Midwife. That's more recent, obviously. John Woodvine as Dr. J.S. Hirsch. They never give him a first name. <laughs> He's in Vanity Fair, Miss Potter and Burke and Hare. David Schofield as Dart Player. <laughs> he doesn't have a name, but he's in here because he's very, he would be very familiar. You've yeah, probably noticed done not a him. lot yeah. of stuff. Gladiator, the movie From Hell, which is an episode we did for, was that a Forgotten Horror season we did From Hell? Uh, I think it was just- we Just a regular it. one? Yeah. yeah. He's also in Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and 3, and I'm not going to tell you, I can't even remember the uh, subtitles for those, and Valkyrie, which is an episode we did in our very first season uh, of Forgotten Horror. Yeah. yeah. Brian Glover as chess player, obviously the antithesis of Dart Player. He's in The Great (laughs) Train Robbery, The Company of Wolves, Alien 3. Frank Oz as Mr. Collins. He's in The Blues Brothers, Blues Brothers 2000, but obviously... Many people should know him as the voice of Yoda from Star Wars, the voice of Grover, Bert, and Cookie Monster from Sesame Street. Yeah, that man's voice when he's not doing a voice is straight up just Grover. Yeah, the voice of <laughs> yeah, I'm not done. The voice of Animal, Fozzie Bear, Miss Piggy, and Sam Eagle in the Muppets, among other things. So that's where he's obviously more famous for. But he's popped in here because I think him and Landis are friends. So yeah. right. He's also a well-established director of his own right. Of course, of course. But that's, that's this okay. isn't as we're, so we're we're not here talking. for the Kermit, <laughs> <laughs> the Grover. <laughs> All right, Mike, where do you want to begin? Now, now, I always ask you this, and I know you've seen this because you own the DVD. So The Blu-ray. I own the remastered uh, apologies. Blu-ray. Apologies. God. Apologies. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I, this movie has so many notes, so I don't even think I'm going to get through half of these notes no. uh, just for the sake of time. But I had not seen this film in forever. Right. That's,
0: I think, where I want to start is I really do enjoy this film. I've I've always liked this film. This was on our I believe are on our original list of films, but I really like it. I love pretty much everything about it, but I, I'm interested to in what you think of it. I don't think you're going to like it as much as I did. Well, I said, I've seen it before. You see when we were talking, you were like, I have, I've it's seen been a while. I've seen pieces. I think I've seen it all. Uh, but It's been a while. I mean,
1: I remember moments in the movie. I didn't remember everything, uh, but I, it's been very, very long since I've seen it. And so I've only think I saw it once before. Like, I don't think I repeated performance. So I don't even remember. I saw obviously this movie as a sequel, American Werewolf in Paris. I could not tell you what's in that, what goes on. That that movie came out like in the 2000s. 15 years ago. It was, yeah. yeah. But I'm telling you right now, I have no idea about anything in that film. Don't worry about that film. (laughs) So you're asking me what I think of this film? Yes. I don't, I I like it. It's just, it's definitely a movie of, uh, obviously didn't have a lot of money obviously doesn't have big-time big time stars. I'm okay with that. Like, you know, I like indie films, so that kind of felt that kind of indie-like. So, right. I, I, you know, maybe if I give it a, a benefit of the doubt or something like that, maybe. But no, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's not perfect. I mean, there's... But what are you going to do here? It's 1981. I mean, it's not... You can't compare it to what you see now because it's a different set of skill sets and stuff like that sure but i didn't have any problems with it i mean once we get into it maybe those problems will arise but i don't <laughs> i can't remember anything offhand that i was like mm, stupid stupid movie so so no. but you still love it
0: i love it i yeah. think it's great you know it was made in it's like how i love the original evil dead you know it's early 80s but i think it's the same year i think evil dead was also
1: 81 or 82 or something uh yeah but evil dead was like they're shooting wow, that's really yeah, indie. yeah it's really indie. The, yeah, John
0: yeah. Landis does have a budget but it's like it all went into the werewolf
1: well yeah well we should start there too because I should mention that this film had did win an academy award for best makeup which was the first year it was put in uh, like it was the first time this category was part right. of it and Rick Baker won that uh, so and I will say this that that scene that whole transformation scene still holds up oh absolutely it's still better yeah. than anything you've probably seen anywhere I mean cause it's now not it's all, CG yeah now it's all CG. I mean, we did Cursed, our last Forgotten Horror. Uh, well, yeah, where well, we talked about how Rick Baker was fired from yeah, that. And it's like,
0: why would you fire
1: the guy who did yeah. it Well, yeah. but, but like, but like that <laughs> that all that CGI stuff was just terrible. And like I feel like now they what I like about that transformation scene is that it's painful. It doesn't, it doesn't, it hurts and you're watching how it hurts. Sure. But now everyone, it's so quick. Everyone's just like, I'm a werewolf.
0: Well, that's what John Landis didn't want to do yeah. is he wanted, he didn't want to do the Lon Chaney sitting in a chair with the slow fades, peacefully turning into a werewolf. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, your body is changing, your organs are changing. It wouldn't be a happy, yeah. you know, fun thing. And it would be agonizing. What of the change stuck out to you more? Oh, the you're- thing when I put, when I picture the change, the thing I always picture is the snout coming out? What him him making the muzzle okay. coming out of his teeth? That's
1: the image that's always in my head. See, I what I liked was the spine mm-hmm. popping up. No, like, that's good too. Like I mean, how, the whole thing's good. Yeah. yeah no, 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 I'm not. I'm. I'm just yeah. saying in terms of like what stood out, like the spine coming up. I liked. Um. I. You know, a lot of these films, like when you like Back to the Future, when he holds his hand up to his face and it's like it starts disappearing. Oh, fly, yeah. You're like oh, that looks bad. Like, but you don't care. <laughs> but like, there's nothing in this transformation scene where I'm like. Oh, that's, that's so, that looks obviously fake. Obviously it's all not real, but it still looked so good. It looked believable. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I didn't have any problem with that. I thought that was really, really well done. It still holds up. And, and I mean, if anybody loves special effects or anybody loves that kind of work and has never seen this film, I mean, shame on you, but you know, check it out. Cause you'll probably like that a lot.
0: Yeah. They still have at universal studios, they have a monster makeup show where they go over it and mm-hmm. in their lobby, they have some of the pieces of like the m- mechanical mouth that comes out and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's mm-hmm. really cool to look at. But this is Rick Baker kind of like this is the start of Rick Baker becoming Rick Baker.
1: Right, right. The other special effect that they had was when he's in the bed. Uh he's in the hospital bed in the woods and he pops up, he he opens his eyes, and you see him on the bed. Like it's he's the nurses there. Do you remember that? His, yeah, yeah. his date, his dream. And obviously they have the were the army werewolves, which we'll get into. Right. I thought that the his look in the bed hit that look looked more vampirish than it did werewolf. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I think that's just his brain trying to come to terms with what's sure. going on with him. Yeah, and I think it's just like, how do we scare people? We don't want to reveal the werewolf yet, so let's make him a monster. Right, kind of right. like if we get when we get into the the Nazi werewolf guys. Go ahead, go for it. I mean that dream too. Like they're not specifically werewolves; they're just kind of creatures and monsters. One of them looks a lot like the. Uh, incidentally, like the monster from the last twilight zone movie skit mm-hmm. on the plane, it looks like the one that, uh, the, the monster on the wing of the plane. Okay. So it might be the same mask. I don't know.
1: Maybe doubling up stuff.
0: Yeah. But I, I think that's a really cool sequence because it really gives you an idea of what's going on inside his head, but it gives you some scares because you've already watched this movie up to a certain point with no werewolf. And I think at this point the audience is jonesing for some, for some horror. Mm-hmm. So I think those dreams really give you something without, playing their hand because you don't want to play your werewolf hand too quick because you want to see that transformation Mm -hmm. and the werewolf itself. I'm not super
1: impressed with. Oh, which part, which one? The full, the full size werewolf towards the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are they going to do? You know what I thought looked well was when the dude's running up the stairs at the subway and you saw the werewolf walking and oh, uh, um, I thought escalator. that
0: was—I thought I was like that because that was really the first that, time you saw it. That is John Landis's only time he says the shot works. Yeah, he was disappointed in the look of the werewolf too. And I know Rick Baker wanted to do a two-legged werewolf, but John Landis insisted, "No, I want it to be four-legged, more animalistic." Yeah. But then John Landis even thought, you know, at the time I thought the werewolf was really cool, but I think I kind of blew my load on the werewolf. <laughs> like I should have just hidden him. He's like the escalator one is the only one that works.
1: So you watched all the Blu-ray. uh extra stuff right so that's where you're getting all this stuff from because i did not john landis's
0: interviews and stuff like that right right so he did in 2002 or one or something Mm -hmm. he did a retrospective on talking about the werewolf and what he wanted to do and why he wanted to do it right right cool all
1: right that's it and that's that's all we got (laughs) do you know that um so now you obviously see that i'm wearing the slaughtered lamb
0: it's a very nice t-shirt it's really cool yeah
1: do you know that there's actually a slaughtered lamb pub in greenwich village i that, did not that, that, that you can go there and they got like it's they've got the picture of the movie poster on the wall and i think i don't know if totally i don't true. know how if it's supposed to be direct from the movie but it's still operational so next oh, time we're in the cool. city greenwich village check it out so i just gave them a plug like not like you know, 10 people that I listen to those yeah that free round on, uh, on you guys man <laughs> Butler, you love james bond and albert Broccoli had a chance to produce his film and he said no that fool, right? He's busy producing James Bonds. What is he, he said, "Hell got- no, it's weird."
0: <laughs> he's got he's got stupid Roger Moore movies to make. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa, whoa. Well, by the
1: eighties, those movies were not yeah, very but, good. Uh, teenage me didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought Octopussy was the f- best thing ever. Oh, so boring. Or Moonraker, I like Moonraker. Moonraker's all right. Moonraker's cool, but Moonraker's you know, the, looking back, but yes. that's a '70s the Bond one. Films yeah. are not fantastic. Looking back,
0: I'm talking like 1980s, You got a View to a Kill and those other like the later Roger Moore movies, where it's like Ooh, View to a Kill on, was the
1: one where they're playing the video game, right? Where they get started. Yeah, st- that's got the yeah. yeah, I was like, I, <laughs> I, don't, I, I know we're off on a tangent, which we usually do, but I never understood why. Like that game, like what game they were playing. I remember like, what is the objective of this game? Like oh, I the don't game know. is their
0: nations nuking other nations. Yeah. It's a
1: war game. Stupid.
0: <laughs> and the, I think the more you get nuked, the more you feel it in your, uh, in your joystick. All right, let's get back to this movie. So
1: something I didn't expect to see in this movie was David Naughton's private parts just out there dangling. Tip for tat, man. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying I have a problem with that. <laughs> Well, wait a minute I'm not saying that I'm okay with it <laughs> but I just didn't expect it I was like, whoa, all right I guess we're doing this that's right and and I guess the scene when they went up to he went up to the old lady and to like Oh, as, Tal- for a as, for, as for something. Yeah. Like, she didn't know that he was going to be naked, the actress or whoever it was. She just knew that, oh, a guy's going to come up to you and ask a question. She had no idea he was going to be naked. So, her reaction is genuine. I believe so. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm sure a lot of those people that were in the park when he's running around were like, what is going on? About I that? love when he takes the balloons
0: from the boy and the boy just goes up to his mom. A naked American man just stole my balloons.
1: <laughs> that shot of him in the wolf cage is one shot because he wouldn't do it again.
0: I wouldn't do it again either. Yeah, but I mean, they're tame, right?
1: <laughs> so these
0: are these are working wolves, right? No, these are the zoo wolves. I just found these wolves wherever they were lying around. Don't don't let them near your junk. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything in this film that you don't like? Like I said, I don't think the werewolf. Okay, listen, really it's got to be something you don't agree well. with
1: Landis about. It's something that you don't like that John John Landis, if he showed up here, would say Butler, we got a problem. Come on, come on. Uh, Nothing's perfect. Uh, Is it how fast Nurse Alex just invites this guy home? I would
0: think that would be my one complaint. That's something I have in my notes is that she's just like infatuated with him because he's like, what, American? I don't understand because he's different. Maybe like unless she likes really damaged people, she falls in love with someone over the course of he's in the hospital for what? Well, three Three weeks. weeks, three weeks unconscious. And then what, one week? Which is always a way to make a great impression. Yeah, one
1: week awake. How is it atrophied? How is muscles not at- only oh, That's the other thing. He just gets out of the it's
0: bed. He's a werewolf, though. Maybe he's like super powered. But she's like just like, oh, man, I love you. And all he's doing <laughs> is having these nightmares and admitting them to her, that he's seeing his dead friend, that he doesn't know what he is, that he's going to become a werewolf. And as it, it's at that scene where he goes, I'm going to become a werewolf. He goes, maybe you should come home with me if you have nowhere to go. <laughs> like, she must really like troubled men. I, it's just. I think it's just a way to have a love interest, or it's. Con- oh yeah, it's it's definitely like a love story kind of a movie, um, down somewhere in
1: within all the other movies. Even that though, it is. even though at the end of the movie, he's just going to eat her with it and shoot him. He doesn't. He's not going to eat her. That's that's not what I I read those. No, I read a note where it said that that Landis said. And I don't have it in front of me. I'm yeah, sorry. I don't on. have the note. Hang on. You know what? Go ahead. Continue talking. I'll find it. So it seems like at the end
0: spoiler we get into the end of the movies it seems like at the end he's saying you know she's like I love you and he looks and his werewolf is sad and then he jumps out knowing he's going to get shot because he and it's alluded to earlier on in the film when he says you know it's another one of his crazy statements that it's like why are you with this guy you know I think only someone you love can kill you as a werewolf (laughs) (laughs) you know Lon Cheney's father had to kill so I think it's love that kills the
1: werewolf and so
0: that carries over toward the end right right that's what I got. I mean, if you can... If John no, Landis says otherwise... John I, says I, I thought
1: right. I read somewhere where he was... He didn't understand why people were saying that because he was saying, no, he does... It, that's not what we were saying. But, uh, you know, I can't find it. So it's probably not worth even like... It, don't even put any weight behind that. So that, that's on I mean, me.
0: It is the animal in him. So maybe right. he was
1: going to kill her. Mm-hmm. But for that one
0: brief second, he became David or the David part of him kind of comes out. Right. Which that does look good. The, the werewolf face looks good. Yeah. It's the body that looks...
1: <laughs> you don't know, like when he bites the inspector's head off at the end.
0: I love it. It's so
1: stupid. It's just like a
0: yeah. <laughs> it's just a guy. It's literally Rick Baker with the mask on a, on his arm. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a hand puppet. But that inspector was so stupid, and his stupid that, bumbling well, partner I, I, yeah. is smarter than him. But
1: there was like it was almost like they were in a different. They it's almost like they pulled the partner and him from another movie set and came on just do whatever stick you're doing in this other oh, movie. Yeah. Do it here.
0: Maybe he's like, I like this, this, I saw this British TV show where there were these two duos. So maybe. Yeah, I want that.
1: Maybe. Uh, this is that, that scene at the end when they are at the porno theater. Did, did you see the note where he didn't tell anybody that they were, like he said, that people thought there really was a wild animal on the inside of the, of the theater. Oh, no, I didn't see so, that. So everyone's gathered around and, and he didn't tell any of them it was fake. He just said, oh yeah, it's a wild animal. Free so extras. Those, yeah. Uh, <laughs> pretty much. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I always like that stuff. Uh, go back to, we were talking about how this felt like an indie film where I said that this had a 29 day film shoot filmed in February to March. Purposely. He wanted nothing to look good. He wanted it to look crummy and crappy and stuff like that. Although when they're outside in the moors, right. I know they're outside. It feels like a studio. I, 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 I want to say they're outside. Do you think that was a studio set when they're no, walking back and forth? I think they're outside. I okay. think they have it's big ass lit. studio
0: lights. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: just lit. Like all, what was the movie we did? Red Rock West. Yes. Yes.
0: And we always talk about
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. Where they, it's clearly they just f- turned on the China balls everywhere. It
0: was just like, it's night. I mean, with, <laughs> when we talk about it, we talk about like indie films and how they don't really have a choice. And sure. Kind of like, all right, but you know what kind of movie you're watching when it's night, the early 1980s, there's not as much you could do in terms of capturing light and actually getting the scene while still having at night, unless you did day for night and day for night never looks good.
1: Uh, it's, it depends. Rarely. It depends. Cause a lot of times day for night is used to correct mistakes or to correct production issues where we couldn't shoot at night. We don't have enough lights. Like you said. So it's used as a way to remedy something. It's not used in terms of a lot of times for like a stylistic choice or, you know what I mean? So, um, but yes, I agree with you. Did you you pick up when we're going, since we're going back to the Moors, when the film
0: opens, the door opens and the. Uh the two guys, Jack and David, are with the sheep. Yes. And it's supposed to symbolize that they are they are victims. They are the sheep. They yes. are the slaughtered land. Yeah, I, I didn't that. pick up on that I was watching the documentary, and Landa says, This is not going to be a happy story. They're literally in with the sheep. They are the sheep. And I was like, oh. Subtext.
1: Damn <laughs> <I'm> symbolism. <laughs> You're smart. <laughs> I'm dumb. <laughs> Did you see that they cut scenes out? Because I guess it wasn't going to get an R rating; it was going to get an X rating because it was too violent. Did they? They that that scene where the he, the werewolf kills all the bums was actually played out. Oh no, I didn't so see that. So they cut that. That um, bums me out. The homeless man. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, like I guess it freaked preview audiences out, so he had to take them out. Boo um, on them! It's a horror movie. You know what you're getting into. The sex scene was. There was more to it, so they toned that down. Um, and I guess there was a part where Jack is eating when he's undead, a piece of toast. That oh, that's his, awesome. He, it falls through his neck or something Oh, like the
0: toast that. in the hospital
1: bed, it must yeah, have been. Yeah, yeah. So they he cut he that moves it well. with the
0: egg. Oh, toast and eggs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I guess that got cut out Listen,
0: too. you're going to see a horror movie. You're going to get <laughs> violence and you're going to get sex. You know what you're getting into. Come on.
1: Oh, well, I mean. Boo on those audiences. <laughs> that's a horror movie staple right there. <laughs> <laughs> what about the way- when we met, we meet Hirsch Woodvine, the John Woodvine who played the uh, Dr. Hirsch. He's so mean. to you have to be in a nurse? Like, just like, didn't you have work to do? Like, he's just like, so like, well, abrupt. maybe, and maybe then she might. sucks. <laughs> but then he was mean <laughs> to Nurse Alex, too. This, That's true. There's, there's
0: definitely got to be better things for you to be doing. And why there. are you here? Yeah, exactly. But I mean, honestly, like, stop stop jerking around with
1: the American. You go. You have other patients. So I don't know if this is staying on Hirsch. I don't know if this is just 2023 mentality, me thinking, but for some reason I kept thinking they were setting up a sequel with Hirsch and Alex, like going to go battle the supernatural across England. <laughs> Cause one of the things I didn't realize in this film, uh, w- one of the things I didn't remember, you know, because it's been so long is how much time they spent with Hirsch, trying to solve the mystery of what's going on. Like it was like, he's at, he's over in East Proctor and talking with the dart player and the chess player trying to find out what's happening him and Alex are, are trying to like investigate help David I'm like it it felt like I'm like I don't remember this much of the movie being about this where I was like is there going to be a sequel where these guys are just going to and price and they're going to be <laughs> running the countryside of England I think
0: that's your 2023 brain trying to make a multiverse here or, I mean or I'm a sequels
1: I listen you know that all these studios when they you know actually get off their butts and pay the actors and WGA right now they're in the strike I don't know what's going to happen in October But you'd like to think that, you know, some exec is like going through old scripts going, why don't we reboot this? Let's let's do something here. Landis' son is writing American Werewolf, supposedly. Well, he was. And then all that stuff happened with Landis. Uh, All his, you know, his his, his negative press where he was, you know, not being a nice person uh, to say it, you know, whatever lightly. So I don't think that's going to happen. I know that I do have a note that I know somebody else was. Going to be because that Landis knows from twenty sixteen okay. that he was going to do a remake in twenty nineteen. The creator Robert Kirkman, the creator of the Walking Dead comic book series, was in consideration to serve as a producer for a new reboot. But that was twenty nineteen, probably before the pandemic. So who knows what's happening now? So right. I mean, I think this movie could use a remake. I don't mind that or a reboot. You don't like that, do you? I don't, you don't like, that. like that. I don't like that. Yeah, you had already have the sequel. You already have the nightmare.
0: sequel is garbage. Sure. Okay. It's it's the people that are going to make the sequel are not going to understand what made, what makes this great, what makes it interesting and unique and that it's not a, a straight up. It is a horror movie, but it's also got so much comedy in it, got so much sarcasm. And it has, it's, it is a love story in there. Like it's not a schlocky horror film and they're going to make it cursed. They're going to make it a
1: cursed movie. They're going to make it a werewolf movie, a generic bland werewolf movie. Well, before this werewolf movie, you had the Lon Chaney one. You had those older films. The you, older didn't, you didn't films, have yeah. a lot of, I don't want to say, maybe there were some indie or ones we never saw, but you didn't have a lot of big werewolf films beforehand. Then this movie came out, and then all, then you, but this movie came out the same year as The Howling. And I, oh, the same year as The Howling? Well, I thought Rick Howling Baker came out was going to be, afterwards. so this movie was going to be shot, I think, a year prior. And something happened. It got pushed, or it just didn't happen. And Rick Baker was going to go do the Howling, okay. And then Landis was like, "Oh no, here we're going." And he, I guess they had some kind of fight because Landis was like, "No, no." You, he was like, "Well, I'm doing the Howling. You waited too long." He's like, and he got mad at him. No, you need to. You promised to me. Whatever. Right. He let his apprentice do the Howling, and he came over and did American World from London. World. So you no, know, the Howling and this movie came out at the same time. Okay. But then after these, those two films, you had a ton of. Werewolf films. So these those movies, this movie and The Howling, are probably started off all that werewolf stuff. Restarted, yeah. It's you almost want to. I think you remaking the original. It it would be bad if they didn't do justice to what was done. So if the werewolf transformation is all CGI, no, that's terrible. Right. But if you come in and say, "Listen, the original. We're we're remaking this. The original did it all practical. We're doing it all practical." Now is that going to happen? I don't know.
0: No, studios are never going to be there. That's too expensive. We've got we've got five studios in India, China, America, Canada, and South America are all going to make it for two dollars an hour, and we're just going to do that, and we're going to rush it so it looks really bad. What
1: if Blumhouse did it? What if they did the show? They did. It I
0: think Universal, since they have a great relationship with Blumhouse, Blumhouse should do all the Universal Monster stuff. They already have the Invisible Man. I think they're working on something else. I do think they're almost like the A twenty four of horror movies in terms of, and A twenty four does really good horror movies as well. But it's like giving their directors and their right of the creatives the creative freedom to make what they need to make. Well,
1: the problem is though that Blumhouse is still is part of the big studio system. So right. they're not gonna like A twenty four can just do whatever they want. That's true. You know what I mean? So Blumhouse still has a boss to answer to.
0: But I um, feel like they're a little bit more listen, this is what we want to do. And they're given maybe they're maybe it's that they're given a little more leeway.
1: All right. Yeah. So I, I don't think you should be so negative against the remake.
0: I'd watch it. Obviously I'll watch it. I just Of course you will. We, just told, like, eh. we complain all the time about all these
1: movies that come out that are terrible. And then we're like, and then I watch them. I'm like, oh it's not that bad. <laughs> 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 all right. So I was I said I was gonna talk about we, we said we were gonna talk about a little bit, but how this movie influenced the Michael Jackson thriller video. I assume right. everyone has seen the thriller video. The thriller video is fantastic. the the, the big long one, obviously. He saw this film jet Michael Jackson and he wanted the people that did this film for his, for the thriller video. Sure. He basically got them. He basically, John Lannis probably gave him a ton of, I'm sure he got more money to do the thriller video than he did to do this. Oh yeah. In terms of a budget. I can't, I wish I watched the movie before we did this. Excuse me. I wish I watched the video I was say. before I didn't watch the movie. I wish I watched the video before we did this. Cause I wanted to see like how different it was, like how any improvements to the makeup they used for Jackson and the transformation stuff to what they did in this. I don't know. Do you remember offhand? It's different kind of transformation stuff. I remember
0: watching it in the IMAX when it came out with a house with a clock in its walls. Another right. episode we did it. It's a good IMAX. They put the video in front of that. I like that show. I like yeah, that. So movie. that a good movie. They and I remember the, the transformation looks good. It's a little less violent, mm-hmm. a yeah. little more wolfy, maybe. OK. In terms of how he changes. And obviously you have the zombies and stuff like that, which are, kind of like how Jack is deteriorating which I think is like we talk about like the werewolf yeah but I think Jack's deterioration is almost as impressive especially back then as the werewolf um so you do see a lot of that influence in Michael Jackson's like zombies when he's doing it sure on the chorus but I I think you can definitely see that he's inspired by American Werewolf in London it's just maybe not as impressive but that's coming from like having seen American Werewolf and then seeing the thriller video
1: mm-hmm well, Also, too, uh, I mean, a lot of people die in Piccadilly Circus when the werewolf comes out. More people die in it, like indirectly, yes, than die directly then, then, from, the werewolf. from the werewolf killing. Yeah, them. the yeah, panic absolutely. kills more people, absolutely. One of the other questions I wanted to ask you is can we really call this a horror comedy? No, like, I think it's a horror movie, but, but it's a comedy, it's, it. com- I, but it's called a comedy. It's, I know, but even John Landis says that's wrong, yeah. it's a horror movie, but like. So the comedy that they're saying is just the beginning when they're just kind of joking. Yeah. Like that's, I don't, I don't, I mean. Jack is jokey. Yeah. It's
0: got moments that make you smile or laugh, but it's not funny. Right. You know, children are murdered by those werewolf Nazis that come through.
1: <laughs> Do they show them people. A if they show the kids getting murdered?
0: They show the, they show the kids getting scared. They show mm-hmm. the monster shooting them mm-hmm. on a close up of the monster. But then later you see the kids on the floor with blood on them mm-hmm. when the, they're throwing the torches on the
1: wall right. and leaving. Okay. All right, so they're dead. That, they they that's do that's show, they the don't dead show kids, kids getting yeah. killed in movies. Now they do, but they, did, they didn't used to for a while. What was all, what was with the, the Mickey Mouse?
0: Statues? I was gonna, I was hoping you oh, were gonna find out. So I'm looking, I go. Oh, it's a Disney film. So they're really... No, wait, this is a Universal yeah. Mickey movie.
1: Mickey Mouse. There was a couple of Mickey Mouses. There was a Minnie Mouse. There was a Donald Duck.
0: Yeah, her and house is covered in Mick, uh, Disney memorabilia. I couldn't find anything about that.
1: Maybe that Maybe that goes to what you were talking about. How, why would she fall in love with this guy? Is it just because he's an American? Maybe she loves America so much. Oh, that's why American they have stuff. all that. Sure. So maybe that goes to that or that's they just the set designer, the set dresser just likes, was a Mickey Mouse person?
0: Unless maybe they're trying to be like, Hey, she's innocent. So here's, she loves these cartoon characters, these innocent cartoon characters. But I noticed that like, as soon as it popped up, I was like, why? Mm -hmm. I, you know, and it wasn't any of the special features. I'm sure it's mentioned in the director's commentary. Right. But uh, I ain't got time for that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, the other thing I want to ask you on the heels of the sequel, I also think there's a prequel in here. (laughs) (laughs) About how the guy in the moors the prequel about East Proctor's dark history. Like they like like where did this first werewolf come from? Like, why is the town like they 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 killed the first werewolf? Sure. They send the other one off, but the town still is deathly afraid of something. So there's obviously something going on in East Proctor, Mike. They probably have more werewolves. Okay. Like, I want to (laughs) know.
0: I don't know, man. I know John Landis was inspired by uh, Romani
1: Gypsies. I'm um, talking,
0: tell that story. So he dropped out of high school, went to go help on film sets. He was actually a stuntman. He is actually in the Piccadilly Circus. He gets smashed through the window.
1: He goes through the, yeah, yep, yeah.
0: yep. Uh, and he went to Romania on a film shoot or something. And they were hanging out and he sees this gypsy burial uh, and he's like, wow, you know, at first he's like, wow, they look really re- legitimate they're, And it's like, no, this is, this is not part of the movie. This is an actual Romani burial. And you know, they're saying all these prayers and yelling at the corpse and, and, and it's very intricate and making sure it can't be cursed. And he was inspired like, well, what if that was real? What if, what if this wasn't just tradition? What if this was a preparation to make sure that this guy didn't come back to life and, and get them. So that's where he was kind of inspired by the way the werewolf kind of works nice yeah that's nice job i thought that was pretty interesting yeah and then he went off and did schlock first and then <laughs> i never knew about schlock until i watched this movie and they talked about schlock schlock this is his first this is the movie he did before this yeah. where he's like the missing link yeah he actually yeah. played the missing link yeah have you seen it yes i have not seen it
1: <laughs> <laughs> this movie looks terrible <laughs> yes <laughs> so you love halloween horror nights i love you go it every year so, for, for the last we, yes, we accept sponsorships universal um this one was for twenty thirteen and it was voted the best one, I guess for that year damn I knew it was I knew it was in there like do they show- i mean I'm asking you like do they show you past Hollywood horror night like when you're there or like Sometimes they'll do,
0: like, they have a tribute store, so they'll show you, like, little pamphlets or something like that. A lot of the times they'll bring back the icons, they call them. Mm -hmm. So they're characters they've made just for Halloween Horror Nights. Mm -hmm. But you can go on YouTube and there's a lot of houses and walkthroughs and stuff like that. Right. So I'm sure in 2013 there's got to be someone who snuck an iPhone in. (laughs) Maybe. You're not supposed to. Now they do press tours before the thing begins. Oh, really? So if you're part of the press or you're uh, an influencer who does, like, Universal or Disney stuff, they'll let you go in with a camera for one night.
1: At the beginning. You, you need to become an influencer so you can do this. I don't live near Universal. I can't I don't well, talk sounds about sounds like it a time. you problem, my bad. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I know that you because you love this film. I do. And you know what I always like to do when you love this film? Talk about reviews about people that yep. hate this film. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Here we go. Roger Ebert's review was less favorable. He gave it two out of four stars, Butler, stating an American Werewolf in London seems curiously unfinished, as if director John Landis spent all his energy on spectacular set pieces, and then didn't want to bother with things like transitions, character development, or an ending. What do you say? Uh, uh,
0: transitions? You need? Do, do you need transitions? The abruptness is—it's a horror movie. The abruptness works. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of the ending, I love the ending. I love right. that boom, bang—he's yep. dead, done, credits. Uh, and that's I, and
1: that's been done in other films. Yeah. And we talked about that. We've talked about that before. I know that like we like you know movie ends, it's over. Yeah. yeah. The
0: story's over. His he's dead. He that was story's over. Yeah. He was your point of view. Right. Why right. should it carry on anyway? What, you
1: don't knew what are you gonna do? Have a scene with Hersh and Alex sitting together?
0: Yeah, crying. And I guess we tried, we tried our best. This Alex. is what I was like I, I will say this. Elise watch this movie with me because sure. she knew I loved it. She bought bought me the Blu-ray. Oh, and I'm nice. like, well, you're watching this with me then. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> uh so she watched it and she wasn't a huge fan of it. She loved the transformation. Ooh. But one of the things that really bothered her about the movie was the abrupt ending. She actually like her mouth was agape at the end. Like, what? What? When the credits started, I'm like, what do you what do you want? It's done. It's yeah. the same like Evil Dead ends the same way. He destroys the book. This thing smashes him. Boom. End credits. Mm-hmm. You don't. A horror movie doesn't need this sappy ending or a day Like you've got the werewolf dying. That's
1: what needed to happen. Does an evil Dead? does he have a last line? No, he destroys the book, walks out, and then the evil kind of grabs. Yeah, him. so I think I think maybe it because it's so abrupt. Like maybe if somebody said something, <laughs> cut the book. That's a big dog. Cut, know, cut, to, they <laughs> oh, no, cut that! To, they cut. They like a, a person. They cut to an old lady. Why are they shooting at a dog? Credits roll. Perfect. Um, maybe or something like that. I mean, they cut. They don't show him. They show him. As they do show him David. as a human, dead as a human, just like in the
0: beginning. Yeah. So he turns back into a human. I mean, the only thing I could think of, like, why Elise was maybe upset, maybe Ebert, was maybe he wanted a scene where, like, Jack turns around and goes and walks into a darkness, holding hands with David, skipping happily. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what you want. They
1: start they start kissing and making it yeah. out, and then everyone's like, what's this agenda?
0: <laughs> I really feel like it's a good idea, like, if you're focused on the film and your character's your point of view, although they do break it a couple of times, they go see the doctor. So I guess they do break the point of view a couple of times. Well,
1: that's the but thing. But it's they, mostly they have through this whole investigation. They have this whole Hirsch mystery element where it's like, like I'm watching like a BBC drama, and, well, he's and like, he paid
0: know, like forty cents for a beer. I was like, wow. Guinness, there
1: you go. Yeah, he's like, what is that? That is the 40, worst. Twenty three pence. They have nothing. Yeah, they have we got no food. Pub. I know. Where does anybody eat in this in this friggin' town? No one is werewolves. Go outside and eat a sheep raw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, old bag. Give me some food. All right, I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, but I'm not done, brother. In the book, comedy horror films: a chronological history. It's not a comedy horror yet. All right, oh, whatever. Bruce Hallenbeck lambasted the films' inconsistent tone, juvenile humor, poor direction, and emphasis on shock value to the detriment of continuity and plot. Citing. Rick Baker's makeup effects, and Jenny Agutter's performance as genuinely powerful, but concluded that thanks to the director's insecure, insincerity, slapdash approach, and what appears to be a thinly veiled contempt for the material, the movie succeeds neither as a comedy nor as a horror. It's not a comedy. (laughs) And- thinly veiled contempt
0: for the material he wrote the material because he loved i hate my script oh god i hate this (laughs) like what are you looking for it's not a comedy horror film you're not looking for that it's a horror film with other stuff right the abruptness can be if what what are you looking for with the abruptness why does anyone talk about the abruptness well when he's in the hospital bed yes everything's very abrupt because you're supposed to be like what's going on right it's exactly what david's going through you're experiencing things like david is
1: we talk all the time about not just critics but anybody who watches a movie that critiques it it's it's not about what you think the movie should be or how you would have done the movie it's about what the what is the story that's being told Right and we've had discussions on this podcast where we talk about films and sometimes we do dive down that road where you we're can't, like, well, I, I don't think, do this. I don't think you can help doing that But right. I, I get that but I'm, but you have to kind of pull it back and realize no That's not what the story. That's not the story that was told to me. Does that story that was told to me? Does it connect with me? Do I connect with it? And maybe you do. Maybe you don't. But like, you can't really call out any kind of what you feel the director or John Landis's insincerity, or like you can't call out that unless you absolutely know that. Yeah. Where like uh, somebody comes up to you and like John told me he hates this movie. He hates it. Then put it in your review. He's crying over a script that the studio made him do. You can't watch something and get that i don't think you can get that sense of what's coming off the screen as some kind of um sure you can uh, because you want to seem like you're a real auteur because you can't make
0: the films yourself yeah you want to be like oh well this isn't good like robert eber i know he he knows a lot about movies and oh he knew a lot about movies. r.i.p robert but your one movie you directed and you always admit it was complete and Utter crap, and that movie was. I can't remember the name. dolls. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> like you can't, and then you can't go around and saying, "Oh, this is terrible," because this person is thinking that you tried and you failed. Sure. And the, as a reviewer, you can say, you know, I think this movie's good or bad. Like, like we were just saying, but yeah, saying what you think
1: other people were going through or what they thought yeah. is
0: just the worst <laughs> kind of comments.
1: I I never. I mean, obviously, for this podcast, we exaggerate our opinions just for the sake of entertainment, but. And I used to be somebody who would be like, oh, that movie's garbage. That movie's trash. That movie's terrible. Boo. But now I think I, I still do that just because we're funny, joking around. But <laughs> right. a lot of times I'll tell people, I just didn't get it. I wasn't into it. I didn't like it. And then sometimes if I'm pushed, I'll give reasons why I didn't like something. Not, oh, that, sure. not that they're they're wrong and I'm right, but it's just tell you what I didn't like like there was a movie that just came out that we both
0: watched in the theater together that I really didn't like. And I was really disappointed with it. Why can't you admit it? I know you were, it was mission impossible seven dead reckoning. It was dead bad, but uh, you know, and one of my buddies really liked it. And I was, I, I even sent you like the list of what was wrong with the movie, but never once did I go, yeah, it really felt like, you know, uh, McHugh was like, "I really hate the script. I really want to like." There were instances that I took from interviews where they admitted to doing certain things a certain way that I think helped make the film bad. But never, I was never like in their head going, "This is why it was bad because right. they hated it, right? Because they suck
1: inside, yeah. Because they were insecure." I mean, we could do a whole show on that movie, but we won't. Well, <laughs> I mean, Not, not for this. But, but yeah, there was a, we and like it's like we wanted it to be good. Like I would give that movie because I, I would give all those movies the benefit of the doubt, much like Indiana Jones, like sure, I yeah. Indiana Jones, the benefit of the doubt, um, you know, willingly admit that like if, if, if the it just didn't, there was just so many things that didn't hit me. And maybe it wasn't, maybe it was just all these things at once. And I was just like, it just kept compiling on. I was just like, I don't like this. Film. But regardless of that, yeah, agree. I, <laughs> I don't know why we're going down I this. Mission going down rabbit rabbit. Um, all right. So Butler, why are we saying this film is forgotten?
0: I think that, I think a lot of people do know about this movie, even people my age, but I think people my age and definitely younger don't go but haven't gone back and watched it because like we, like you said, after this and the howling, which I also think people need to go back and watch the howling is also really good.
1: I have, I've seen, I've seen the first part, first howling. I've not seen any of the other ones. And no, I don't even remember the howling. Like that's the thing. Like I've have, seen it. Yeah, I have images in
0: my head of the howling. I think yeah. when I first watched this as a kid, I watched the howling. I might after. go, I might go
1: back and watch it a little bit. Right.
0: Go ahead. Like there was a like you said, there's a dearth of werewolf content. Sure. And I think most of it, I'm not a huge werewolf guy. I'm more of a vampire's kind Twilight. of guy. <laughs> Twilight. Twilight. <laughs> I like Dog Soldiers. Uh I think that was well one done. That's another like, kind of indie film. Did you like ginger snaps? I know
1: that's a big one.
0: You tell me about Ginger Snaps. I've never seen I, that. You're so I, I watched the first
1: Ginger Snaps, and I I wasn't a big fan. I know it's got a very big cult following, and I know it has sequels. I just never went back to it. Gotcha. I just, whenever I watched, I wasn't into it. But I mean, I I obviously could be wrong. I'd have to check that out. I don't I don't know other any the Wolf well, with Jack Nicholson. Wolf. There's Benicio del Toro. Oh Wolfman. right, that's right. That one. So there there's there's been there have been other werewolf
0: things here and there that come out. There was a couple of shows about werewolves went to the like uh, Netflix Obviously show. Teen Wolf. Teen I mean, Wolf. Let's,
1: these waves are mine. Come on.
0: <laughs> Boof. I mean, let's go. Who doesn't love that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Teen Wolf 2. Okay, sorry.
0: Go There's on. a dirt the werewolf content that came after this that I think was heavily inspired by both this and The Howling or wanted to take their own takes on it. And I think it kind of gets buried. I think when people do think about this film, they think of maybe a couple of flashes of the transformation sequence, but they don't actually know about the film in general. You know, mm-hmm. no one talks about the, the werewolf Nazis killing the kids. Mm-hmm. Well, there were uh, Nazis the,
1: in this. They were supposed they were to just be soldiers. They were
0: supposed to be representing Nazis. So That's why I had Nazi type helmets. Oh, I didn't see that. Because oh, right, in the leather right. jackets. Because John Landis right. was like, "What would somebody be scared of?" Not,
1: it was because mm. the character's Jewish in the yeah. movie. Yeah. So
0: okay. David uh, John Landis was like, as a Jewish man myself, thinking back, you know, it's That's only fine. thirty years removed from World yeah. War II. You know, Nazis. Of course, would be something. They're the always the ultimate head. bad guys. Exactly. So I think they like they don't recognize any of that stuff. They don't recognize you know the love story in there. Comedy. Maybe they've been told it's a comedy movie, a comedy horror, and it really—it's a comedy, guys.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> I, but I think there's so much in there that <laughs> oh, they could have done <laughs> Benny Hill. Sorry, I can cut you off. There's so
0: much stuff that's in there that's like influential. Yeah, that I think it's worth going back and seeing, if not just for the monster effects in mm-hmm. themselves and seeing once again, well done practical effects can make a movie. Yeah, I mean, I think this movie is great on its own but you can say whatever you want about this movie. Even that guy who was trashing it in the comedy horror movie.
1: Robert had nothing. Bruce
0: Hallenbeck. Bruce Hallenbeck. (laughs) I, you can't, he, even he was like saying Rick Baker's effects are good. You can't knock those.
1: Oh no. I I would, I would question anybody's movie acumen if they were like, the, those effects look like trash like the transfer transformation scene was garbage exactly. i'd be like you clearly don't understand what goes into this so no i would that's something i would quite be like listen you can talk about the other stuff that mike mike and i brought up but like the effects hold up and it's amazing because they're like what 30 years old 40 40, 40 years, years old they're 40 years old and they hold up big time yeah so, absolutely i'm trying to think of other wolves uh seth green's character in buffy the vampire slayer that's right Was a wolf I said Teen Wolf, the Teen Wolf show. No, it
0: was Teen Wolf. Yeah, there was there was a Netflix one as well that I can't
1: remember for the life of me. Oh, it was it was terrible. It wasn't where they it was the one that wasn't it one that Eli Roth did. Yeah, where it was the town. Yeah. They my were, my they, buddy liked it and I hated it. It was um it's like something like uh Huntington Lane or Halington, Howling yes. Brook thing, Hawthorne. Something like that. Thing. Yeah. Or, yeah, I tried watching, we tried watching it. When I say we had me my wife and I, but we were like, I got nah, I got pass. one episode in and I was just like, This is the worst acting I've ever right. seen. But you're right. There, there there isn't a lot of like strong, strong werewolf films. Yeah. it's always vampire I think vampires are sexier. That's why. Vampires are sexier. I think they're a little easier.
0: Mm-hmm. The fact that once they turn, they don't become complete beasts. Right. So it's a little easier to do more stuff with them. It's a yeah. more thinking man kind of you can make it more thinking man kind of thing. Sure. You can do like more things with them.
1: Right. When something becomes a wolf, he's just a wolf. Oh, Van Helsing. Yep. It's the werewolves and <laughs> the what we do in the Shadows movie and TV show oh uh, yeah i forgot about those throwing the squeaky toy off the roof and then just dive down all right excellent so that's what we're that's why we're saying what's forgotten we hope you well maybe you'll check it out uh this is again like i said we're gonna be stumbling through this so mike that's i right. guess uh i go wait, where can they find us right is that our next thing i think thing? that's the next thing we say.
0: <laughs> you can find us on spotify apple Podcasts, and also now youtube if you're watching us you know you know where to find us did they go- notice your demigorgon shirt i am wearing demigorgons i'm wearing a halloween shirt too yeah but it's
1: not matched <laughs> yeah
0: i didn't i didn't splurge for movie shirts it's a t-shirt i mean you act like you're super dirt poor <laughs> i am super dirt poor uh, but when you're on any of those platforms if you want me to not be dirt poor anymore go ahead and give it a like uh, subscribe Tell everybody, tell your friends about this podcast, you know, say nice things. It it always helps.
1: And definitely listen, you know, these five episodes for Forgotten Horror are going to be on YouTube. We're also doing, you probably, like I said, you saw the teaser trailer, teaser, I guess, commercial teaser trailer. You saw the commercial that we did where we rise from the grave (laughs) and we're going and there'll be a commercial for this Episode, we we, back in the day, we used to do commercials for each episode. There's going to be five commercials for each movie. These movies, so our episodes are going to come out every Wednesday uh, of October and a bonus fifth episode on Halloween.
0: That's right. We're giving you more than ever.
1: (laughs) So, you know, subscribe to the podcast on YouTube because that's where we're going to, we're trying to migrate a lot of stuff there. But obviously, we're always going to be available on all podcast platforms. That's right. uh, Yeah. So, I guess. Um, again, like, I have no idea how to end this, but, um, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. Wait, Forgotten Horror. Keep it spooky, y'all. I can't, I can't stop him from doing that.